And now, Manufacturing Matters with your host, Cliff Waldman. Good day, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Manufacturing Matters. I'm your host, Cliff Waldman, for this series on Manufacturing Talk Radio. We are the show that considers in-depth all things manufacturing. We look at the headlines, both economic and political. But we go deeper. This is an interesting, dramatic time for the manufacturing sector. It's seeing technological change. It's seeing geopolitical change. It's seeing change in the structure of markets. It's seeing change in new ideas. We are here to help you understand how that affects your business. The key word is new, new technology, new economic thinking, new science, new leadership. And we're here to put the pieces together to you, for you so you will understand where manufacturing is going. I hope that everybody is having a good summer. It's certainly a hot one, at least in D.C., where I am. I suppose that the title of this podcast should be Hot Summer, Hot Federal Reserve Meeting. This is one of those episodes where we will be looking at what is going on, actually for you, in a few hours. We will know in a few hours, but we could be looking at the first interest rate cut since the great financial crisis of 2008. The first real easing of Federal Reserve monetary policy in 11 years. And it's going to have great impact, great implications for manufacturing. And on this somewhat shorter podcast, I'm going to make it my job to help you understand and to help you prepare for what could be the beginning of a big event for your business. Let's take a few steps back. Let's think about how did we come to this point? Why is this happening? Even with what has now been the longest economic expansion in U.S. history, and even with the unemployment rate at a half-century low or more, headwinds have challenged us. Inflation has remained weak enough that in the, I think in the back of their minds, Federal Reserve policymakers are still slightly wary, at least a bit wary, about deflation, actual falling prices. We don't see that, but it's been, it's been hard to climb up to what we have thought about as a normal inflation rate. And that's, there's, it's less concerned than it was years ago, but you fear that the price pressures are still tugging from the downside. How times have changed. I, I, you know, I, I'm old enough to remember that most of the time, inflation is the ghost that sort of spooks positive economic activity. No longer. Also, global growth, global economic growth, which matters a great deal to the increasingly internationalized manufacturing sector, and which finally saw some improvement in 2016 to 2018 after years of troubles, 
has been slowing since about the end of 2018 to what has now been a worrisome extent. And that slowing has been sort of punctuated by a lot of unusual geopolitical volatility. You know what I'm talking about. The economics and the politics of tariffs have greatly weighed on the global picture. While an elevated dollar has also been challenging U.S. exporters. If you sell overseas, I don't have to tell you that. You can tell me that. All right, so that's, that's the broad backdrop for today's much-watched, much much-commented-upon Fed meeting that we'll see the decision of in a few hours. What's happened as of late? What, that, if that's the broad backdrop, what brought us to this point where we're ticking off the minutes to see what could be a big pivot in Federal Reserve policy? Well, we had the first report on second quarter GDP, gross domestic product. That's the broad measure, for those of you who don't know, of economic growth. And actually, that report told us that given the backdrop that I just described, the scenario has played out exactly as expected. After a good 2018, after nearly 3% growth in two, for 2018, 2.9 to be precise, and slightly more than 3% growth for the first quarter of 2019, 3.1 to be precise, U.S. economic growth, GDP growth, slowed to 2.1% in the second quarter of 2019. Now, that's not necessarily troubling. Economic growth from quarter to quarter is volatile. And it's not even unexpected, but it's the composition of the slowdown that is very likely being discussed at today at the current Federal Reserve meeting. And historically low unemployment rate has undoubtedly supported the very strong 4.3% annualized growth in consumer spending that we saw in the second quarter of 2019. That is a remarkably strong uh, consumer spending number, particularly this late into a cycle. And while commentators are making much of that, and they should because the consumer, after all, is 70% of the economy, 70% of gross domestic product, I want to sort of put that into a slightly broader context and say that that, first of all, that that 4.3% followed two quarters of very sluggish consumer spending growth, less than 2% consumer spending growth, which is weak in the past two quarters. Now, these numbers are volatile. I think anybody who is in business understands the volatility of business and economic indicators. But you have to put that 4.3% in a little bit of context. Second of all, a sector of the economy, housing, that really especially impacts the consumer, has been quite weak. Residential investment, purchase of houses, 
as it's call, you know, called in the GDP accounts, has been weak really since the beginning of 2018. All right, so but we will look nonetheless at that 4.3% growth in consumer spending and with low unemployment rate and with the broader kind of slightly more sluggish context that I gave you, we'll say that for now the consumer is certainly okay. And we also, by the way, had a big jump in non-defense federal government spending. This is to add to the, uh, the spending party. But there is Trump. But beyond those parts of the GDP report, there have been some troubling numbers. In contrast to consumer spending and government spending, equipment investment, which is more commonly referred to as capital spending or capex, has slowed considerably to an average of just above zero percent, zero point three percent for the first half of 2019 from an average of 5.2% in the second half of 2018. I'm going to do an entire show at one point on capital spending. It has been a troubling part of the, uh, of the American economy for quite a number of years. We thought that finally it was coming alive in 2017 and 2018, and I think part of that was the tax cuts that we got. And it looked better, but now it is definitely falling back again. And many people think that it's falling back at least partially due to the great uncertainty caused by trade tensions and tariffs. I agree with that. Uncertainty is the enemy of capital spending, and we have had a pile of it on the global scene lately. Secondly, export numbers, which were up a sharp 4.1% growth, saw a sharp 4.1% growth in the first quarter of 2019, really fell off. They actually fell. 5.2% 5.2% in the second quarter of 19. Really a shock in export activity from growing 4% to declining 5%, but given what is going on on the global scene, it shouldn't be a surprising shock. So, strong consumer spending, at least for now, although against the backdrop of some weakness in the consumer picture, <coughs> And strong, a strong acceleration of non-defense federal spending could not sort of neutralize the manufacturing sector from an onslaught of weakness caused by a sharp slowing in capital spending and a sharp slowing in exports. Capital spending and exports are the two primary demand drivers As many of you know and can tell me, they are the two primary demand drivers for manufacturing growth in the United States. Thus, unsurprisingly, 2019 has thus far been a difficult year for the U.S. manufacturing sector. While manufacturing U.S. manufacturing growth data have seen some stability in May and June, 
little bit of uh, uh, better, stronger data in May and June. Nonetheless, U.S. manufacturing output growth actually contracted by an average of about 2% during the first half of 2019, making this the mo- actually the most difficult year for U.S. manufacturing since early 2016. Now, the question for the Fed, as they are talking right now, whose concern is the economy as a whole, is this. How long can strong consumer spending and relatively strong government spending continue to neutralize weakness in capital spending and exports? Looked at another way, how long can non-manufacturing strength neutralize manufacturing weakness? My guess is if we were dealing with just a garden variety global weakness, and the globe gets weak from time to time, we certainly know that, then, you know, and that it was coming from the long-expected slowdown in China and the many structural issues in the Eurozone that many of you are quite familiar with, I think the Fed would probably hold off on cutting policy interest rates. But with trade tensions and tariffs, this unusual period that we're in with trade-related history, making the global picture highly more volatile than usual, I believe it is smart of the Federal Reserve to at least consider an insurance, what I would call an insurance cut. U.S. manufacturers will be grateful for some relief on borrowing costs because they're dealing with such difficulty on so many fronts. They're dealing with these horrible trade tensions, and it's showing up in CapEx. They don't have confidence to invest when they don't know what's going to happen on the trade front, which matters such a great deal to their business, and they don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And in addition to trade tensions, we have just a slowing global economy for reasons beyond trade and an elevated dollar, which makes it hard to compete on price if you are a manufacturer that sells your goods overseas, as many, many manufacturers in the U.S. do. In a few hours, folks, we will see if manufacturers get that rate cut. Whatever happens, let me suggest the following to my audience. U.S. manufacturers need to follow the Fed. I understand that these discussions get abstract at times. But what they're doing right now is going to greatly affect the short-term, not just the long-term, but the short-term outlook for your business. And not just this meeting. If they as a pivot toward a different policy, and we'll see, it's going to affect your business for years to come. Discussions over the Fed are abstract. They can be confusing, but it matters to your business. Now, in line with that, as, manu- as uh, we at Manufacturing Matters are getting uh, the full lineup together, I'm really pleased to announce that given the importance of these matters, I'm expanding the purview of this show. 
we're of course going to keep our core mission. It's sacred to us to help our listeners understand what's going on with U.S. manufacturing in terms of technology, in terms of markets, in terms of science, in terms of geopolitics. Manufacturing is our sacred mission. But because these macroeconomic things, and not just the Fed, but such things as currencies, the plight of major, the macro plight of major countries, India, China, Vietnam, Poland, many other countries that are mattering in the world, we're going to include episodes that I'm going to bring on economists and country experts and uh, CEOs who have a general, broad, macro knowledge of these policies because those things affect the outlook for U.S. manufacturing. So we're going to add that to the agenda of the show in addition to our very specific nuts and bolts look at U.S. manufacturing. I hope everybody's having a great summer. Until next time, this is Cliff Warman reminding you that Manufacturing Matters, and I hope you have a great summer, and we'll look forward to a great fall lineup. Thank you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.